Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and I am here tonight with Josh Cacho. Josh, how you feeling? I mean, again, the last time we talked, it was it all felt like it was all doom and gloom, and it's nice to come back after two two victories. And and obviously, it it it, it feels. I mean, no one who actually listens and or cares about anything that we say. But it's nice to see some of the things that we talk about actually start coming into fruition. Um, and, you know, it looking like it, the, the team is, you know, uh, you know they're, they're trying to add something right before the playoff push. And whatever they've been adding as of late has been definitely positive. Um, because, again, Buanga looks like a man reborn. Tillman looks like a man reborn in terms of, like, what they've looked like through these last two games. And obviously you hope it carries on to the end of the season. Now, time will tell because this was a this is a bad Austin team, right? We've beat up on bad teams before. We've beat up on um, the, the galaxies of the world. We've beat up on Austin. We've beat up on Colorado. Um, you know, obviously those teams are all mathematically eliminated from the playoffs at this point. But, you know, obviously we want to see, I do want to see what it'll look like again when they, if they can continue to put this together, they can stay consistent against, uh, higher level competition, whether it be the, uh, you know, the whether it's Seattle or St. Louis or some of these other teams, you know, like I said, they they've played well, but it definitely wouldn't look like today, right? And so you hope that you know they can figure out something, because um, again, in when you when you look at the playoff teams, in, especially in that first round, you're not necessarily going to get a team that's going to come out and, and try to play with the ball against you in the way that Austin would. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how many teams do right. Uh, Seattle's probably the only one, and we've seen in the in the playoffs that Seattle is willing to change things up when they play against LAFC. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I do agree that them beating up on bad teams doesn't necessarily mean that they're out of the woods uh, in terms of like. <laughs> the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde nature of their performances lately, but there are some good things happening in terms of like how they're attacking the goal. And I think, I think the biggest thing for me is that it's no longer Denny Bawanga picking the ball up at midfield and going to goal. It's the team working the ball through the middle third into the attacking third and then finding Bawanga in a dangerous area. Right? So, if you look back at his goals that he scored, he's got one uh, one tonight off a cross from Bogush, right? Uh, the kind of like low fizzed cross that he finishes at the back post. He's got a penalty that was earned by Kike in the in the box. Um, he's got a goal. I can't remember who sent in the cross on his like little half volley type of thing the other day, but coming from left to right, right? Across from the left, it must have been Kike coming from left to right. The ball off of Bogush chest, I think it was, right? And then the one solo effort that he had on the right side where he finishes high on the near post, right? So five goals and really only one is a solo effort. Um, and even that one, he got the ball in the box as opposed to him trying to score on the break. So to me, that's really, really encouraging. Um, have you noticed anything else that like gives you 
some more hope in terms of like stuff that's changed over the past two two games? I mean, one of the things I see from Mwanga is that he gives up he gives it up early, knowing that he'll get it back again, yeah. right? Yeah. Versus before, there was like this. I don't know if it's just a matter of when, like how he plays when Carlos. You know, again, like things were going to shift and things are going to change when Carlos Vela is on the field to a certain degree. But I do wonder if you're in a situation in which, um, you know, he's a little bit more dif- different when Carlos is there. So he, he when he when he has an opportunity, he thinks that he's got to take it, and that that's where you see some of these marauding runs when he's pushing, you know, from midfield on with the ball, as opposed to like I said, now you'll start to see him. He'll he'll pick it up in midfield. He'll, he'll drop in, do his defending, do what he needs to. You'll see him drop it off to either Cheeky or to. Uh, Bogush, and then make that next run, knowing that he's going to get another chance at it, right? And it's he's it screams of a guy that's starting to fully understand the team, the guys around him, and also trust the guys around him, as opposed to a guy who's who wants to put the team on his back, right? In the way that maybe a, a, like Holland does, or or Zlatan, you know, one of these like big time center forwards in the, in the most traditional sense of the world, right? They, they, it's all about them controlling the game from the middle of the park and them doing it on their own to a certain degree. Obviously it's not the case, right? They get crosses, they get these things, but it's everything. The world revolves around them as opposed to them working together in, 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 a, in like a sound buildup as a team and then, you know, being, knowing that you're going to get that ball back. Right? And again, we've seen this team, at times, even in the past, right, to go to 2019, where like it seems that like Carlos is just doing too much on his own on the on the wing, or whether it was B Rod or one of the one of the many wingers that we've had just trying to do too many one on ones, right? Bogut, you know, when um, when Buanga does it, it just happens to be from midfield comparatively to the other guys, so that's why it's a little bit different. But yeah, it is interesting to see. Like, it also felt like there there was a little bit more horizontal stress to the comparatively to before, right? I think in the past we've seen them attack very vertical, but less so much um, laterally. And I think you said you saw a little bit more switches today. You saw Bogush kind of play from the middle of the park out from the middle out wide and the wide back out middle as opposed to strictly just up the side and then cross in. Right? I think there's a little bit more uh, dynamism to, to how they're approaching it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I thought tonight was interesting because they're playing out of a 4-3-3, but as they get into the attack, they would shift into kind of a 3-4-3, kind of a 3-5-2-ish type of thing. Uh, It's always fluid, so it's hard to tell. But what is 100% certain is that they moved to a back three with Hollingshead, Long, and Chiellini, right? And it works because you have Long in the spot that he should play in a back three which is not the spot he's historically played with LAFC when in a back three. And then Hollingshead and Chiellini are both great on the ball, right? So they can push up, if not pressed, and they can play make. And then you have Ilya, who's really the the one, right? The one guy playing in the pivot. Uh, every once in a while, it would almost look like a flat midfield with Tillman and Bogush both coming back to help out. And then Palacios pushed further up in the midfield, oftentimes beyond the midfielders. Um, and I feel like what that does is it pushes Bowanga a little bit more inside. That way you're playing through Palacios and Bogush rather than playing to Bowanga too early, right? Um, I don't know if that's a recipe for 
every game because this is probably the the first time I've seen them look really lethal out of a out of a setup like that. But it's at least promising to me that they're looking for better ways to play through the middle third. And like you said, provide some horizontal stress because I think so often what happens is everything goes into the middle, like centrally. Everything goes centrally when in the middle third. And then that's it. Like we turn the ball over or then the ball goes immediately behind as opposed to like here, you're able to play a little bit more wide through the middle third and then come back in at the final third. So um, I don't know. I, I, I'm really happy with the way that they've played in the past in the past two games, obviously it's, it's easy to say you have the five, one and a four, two win, right? Where both games really were, uh, even more out of hand than I think the, the score line would suggest. But the, I mean, the only thing that you keep in the back of your mind is the fact that we've seen so many games like this, both at the beginning, the beginning of the season and throughout the middle where they'll come out and they'll blow the doors off a of galaxy or Juarez. Right. And, then they'll come out and lay some eggs. So obviously Vancouver's the final the final league game, right? And it's in a place where we've never won before. Uh so it will be very interesting to see what they look like coming out against Vancouver. Now, the interesting thing will also to be how they play it because if you look at the the breakdown of the schedule, right? If Seattle they're they're ahead of Seattle by a point right um for a second behind st louis um if seattle draws they'll come even and then you'll go to the last the last game the question becomes would you rather if you finish in the two you're likely to see portland if you finish in the three you're likely to see salt lake in the first round i do wonder who provides a better matchup for them early on like if, if you were to choose between the two Oh man, um, I don't know. Portland's looked really good down the stretch, and RSL just beat them, right? So, <laughs> neither one. Like, uh, I'm I'm really not sure exactly which one is the better matchup. I think I think I'd probably rather see Portland. I suppose. Um, now, because remember, this Portland, first round is the is the or. Second round, right? It's that the wild card round is that eight nine, and that first round is that that two of three. So now you do have to go. You're gonna have to play at least one game right, right. on that turf versus playing on, you know, the grass in in Salt Lake. Yeah, I don't. I, I feel like LAFC's always played well at. Um, they've always played. They've always played well at at RSL. I think we've lost a couple on the turf there in, in Portland. I really don't know. I, I, I'm not totally sure. I would worry about Vela on the turf and Chiellini on the turf uh, more than I worry about them on the grass. So uh, I guess it depends on if you think they're going to get the job done at home against RSL but after having just completely fumbled it against them a week ago, right? Yeah, now in that game... Right, it felt like a game more of missed opportunities than anything else. Right, like you know, they started out the game seemingly really strong defensively until Kellen goes out. Right, so yeah. that's kind of the kind of the weird weird situation there. And then slowly but surely, you see them kind of put 
you know, I guess they never. It's kind of what we would see through like a, a lot of frustrating games, where it's not so much that they're not creating, you know, they're not finding opportunities, it's just that there's no finishing on any of those set opportunities because, again, the 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 types of chances that they're creating are not necessarily high percentage, or you know, they're just kind of whipping crosses, whatever it may be. Now, we've seen them blow the doors off of RSL as well. Yeah, right? yeah. In these cups, so I do wonder if if but again, at the same time, also, who would you rather, who scares you more, Chicho or I I don't even know who the, he's not even, you know, it's not even a Bogusi anymore in Portland. I don't even know who that guy is now. Someone yeah, I mean, hasn't I'm, been I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Chicho's definitely in my head, right? I, I don't want to face that man in the playoffs because I know what he's capable of in those moments, right? He just did it to LAFC a week ago, right? Yeah. And he got you through so many playoff games. He's the one that put the dagger in against Galaxy, right? Uh, he's a major reason you lifted the MLS Cup last year. So is RSL as good as LAFC were last year? No. They're, he's not going to get the same amount of service, but he's the type of striker that doesn't need it, right? So, yeah. I mean, the, um, the goal that he scored against us on on last week in that, in that game was kind of out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Just like a long looping cross that he just, you know, again, he just finds a way to be open and available, right? Yeah. For me, and, for me with him, it's that subtle, the subtle movement. And it's so often, I think when people consider striker movement or movement in the box from attackers, they think it has to be like some wild cut and then cut back and then cut again. And now you're running free at just the perfect time. Like, all he does is he's on Mario and takes three steps back, right? It, it's just, he, so he's on Mario, and Mario thinks, okay, he's right behind me. I'm, I'm good, right? And then he starts to flow. And Hollingshead is thinking kind of the same thing, right? Mario's got him. I'm not stepping to him. And then he, he just floats in, boom, and now he's in no man's land, and, and Hollingshead isn't going to step to him. So, um, anyway, we're probably too far too far into this one I, I i don't know who you'd rather see to be honest uh i mostly just want to see what they look like against vancouver if they can come out and show me something against vancouver i'm back in like i'm you know all right that was a weird blip and there's a weird blip for like two and a half months in the summer but we're we're over it yeah um you don't think they I, they rest they rest a lot i mean because i can't imagine Kielina's gonna play i bet they do i can't imagine yeah. bella's gonna play Bwanga will always play. Um, you know, I probably rest Cheeky because Cheeky just, I mean, he got in, took, took a little bit of a knock today too, right? So probably let Palencia get some run. You get probably get Krostev out there. Probably rest Bogush. Like if you were to pick pick a run of guys, right, who is, who is the, you know, I again, I just think that they're probably, knowing that your playoff, you're, you're, likely, you're likely, your place is going in the top four is going to kind of is relatively settled at this point. I don't think they can drop outside, right? Yeah, but I mean, I guess for me, you're still like you have to really you have to make sure that you stay ahead of everybody, yeah. right? Because Vancouver and fifth can't jump up past you. No. Even if they win. No. So Vancouver beats you, they go to fifty points. Right. So you're not yeah. dropping any lower 
in that four or five, you know, four or five, you know, like then fourth, I think at this point. Yeah, you're not going down below fourth. So you're, you're guaranteed a home game. Seattle does have St. Louis on decision day. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So I, I, I don't know what to, I mean, you got to stay ahead of Seattle. It depends on what Seattle does right now against Vancouver. Uh, if Vancouver wins tonight, then you got to, then there is a possibility that, that Vancouver jumps you. So anyway, I, I, this is, this is kind of like the, the horse race stuff that I don't really care about all that much <laughs> when it comes to like, who's going to make it in the playoffs in what order. I feel like this is one of those things that MLS will point to for like, we have to have playoffs because we have to have this drama at the end. It's like, well, I, I guess. I guess you need to choose your your champion through a di- through a different system than everybody, just so you can have this one thing before the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it's, it is interesting, right? Like I do, you know, like what I think it was Saint, uh, Cincinnati's coach, right, that said that like you know, like just valuing the the supporter shield and more and what it yeah. means and those yeah. types of things. You know, like we got two, of them, so I'm not mad. Yeah. I ain't mad about that. So again, it's just one of these things where obviously like. When you look at the grand, the grand scheme of things, are like, yeah, again, like we'll we'll see how it plays out. I don't know. I also think you need to come in second, just in case. Like, if you lose and St. Louis goes on to win the cup, then you get a CCL berth. Hmm. Right. So I do think it's important. You have to push for you have to push for second place because you can back your way into CCL. Maybe luck your way into CCL is what I should say. Um, you could end up hosting MLS Cup if St. Louis loses and you come up against who's second in, uh, you, I don't know, you'd have to uh, you'd have to come up against somebody way down the table, I think. Yeah. I don't know how, exactly how that how they determine that, if it's just seeding in the conference or if it's points in the season. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that let's see, a win, it depends on what happens with the Seattle game right now, right? There's either currently zero drawing with Vancouver um, because again that'll that'll change a lot because if Seattle yeah. loses here it puts you it really puts you in the position to to solidify second next week yeah and yeah and maybe it changes your it changes your estimation of what to do there yep um, you know but then it also puts Vancouver into striking distance and yeah you know again what I what I, the only thing that I think the the one outcome you don't want is you don't want to end up having to play Vancouver in the in the home and home, you know, in the in the yeah. three game series, yeah. just because yeah. you don't want to have to deal with to play a game in Vancouver without your guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, um, a few other things from tonight. I thought I thought everybody had a pretty strong game, minus or Daz. Really, I felt like he struggled. He's a kid, and I thought this moment was really big for him. Uh, I think you could see it in. Uh, I don't know how exactly how to describe it, but he just he just wasn't as sharp, and it's probably just because it's a big moment in a huge stadium, right? That's it's busy and and noisy, and not in the same way that you know, not in a in a welcoming way like it would be at home. Um, so I I'd love to see him continue to get more run, but. I think I think starting him in a match like this is probably a bit much. Now I get it; they're resting Vela. You know they don't want to they don't want to run him too much, but um, I still want to see. I I think the kids got it. I just 
want them to kind of ease him in a bit more. Yeah, I mean, again, I think, I think I've heard Vince talk about it previously, where it's like you see him come in 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 particular situation where he looked really good because he's in the last thirty minutes of a blowout or the the game the game state just lends favorably to him. Yeah, yeah. Versus this one, you kind of it's different, right? You kind of have to you have to be more precise. You have you know those little things, and I think that's just going to come with time and with experience. Um, you know, the more games he gets, probably you know, probably with the second team and then you know what if preseason or these different different things like he's gonna need you know again i think he, he came out of nowhere this season right like i don't even think people had really slated him to be a factor most yeah, of this year right. until he really turned it on in the mls next pro yeah league right so it'll be interesting to see how i think with a with a season under his belt understanding what his role is, what he could be, because again, he's probably, you know, again, obviously it depends on what happens in the market, right? But if Vela is gone, right, or or is in or, is, or seemingly going to play a bit of a lesser role, it does change probably the dynamic of what he's looking at, right? Because now you're you're the backup striker. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, a lot a lot could change. You never know. Uh, we've seen LAFC willing to sell just about anybody. And now there's rumors about Bawanga. I don't know. I believe Tigres is interested. I don't think LAFC would move him there. I think the offer would have to be exorbitant. Um, and I don't. I don't. I think if Bawanga was to go anywhere, he'd probably go back to Europe, right? Um, so anyway. But I think uh, anything that else? His profile. His profile of coming in when you're 26, 27 already, or 28. Right? How old is he? He's 28. Yeah. So at 28. I don't think the desire, like, it's like one of those things where if you're like Giovinco before, if you're, if you've already been there, right, yeah. and then now you're you're now the big fish in a small pond. When over mm-hmm. there you're going to be, who knows what your role really is going to be on any of yeah, those yeah. teams. You know, you're probably going to be a bit part player at any big at a, at a bigger club. Right? Yeah, I mean, he would definitely have to go back. I mean, he, I can't remember the club that he came from. In France. FC Nantes. Oh, it was Nantes. Okay, so yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he could he could probably get to, you know, a first division French club, right, and have some sort of role. If I mean, if it's a kind of like mid table French French club, he could probably have a starting role there. But like, is that what he wants? He's not going to play Champions League. He's not yeah. going to, you know, as opposed to being the MVP. The MVP. Of, yeah. Same thing with. I mean, to be fair, that's kind of the same situation for Virginia, wasn't it? Like. He, what what really was? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was kind of like a a good player on a mid level mid table team, right? Yeah. But not not a bona fide superstar in Mexico the way he is now. Right. 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 Maybe you know. Again, I know people have been a bit annoyed with Wanga's excessive amount of selfies with him after after big games, <laughs> but um, yet at the same time, like you know, if that's the model. Right, you you know you find a guy who's the uh, a good pl- you know probably the best player on a mid table team. Then now that best player on a mid table team becomes the best player in the league. You know? Yeah, yeah. Carlos Vela, right, is the ex- prime uh, example. Carlos is the exact same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so again, if that's your DP model, I'm not mad about it because it's it's played out well so far, right? Unless well, unless that's the their DP model for one spot. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Here. <laughs> 
the other one, the other one's going to go unfilled and they'll go get a young DP. Right. So, um, yeah, I, hopefully, I, hopefully he sticks around and they can, they can continue to build around him in an effective way. And then they can continue to use him in this way where he is the last person to touch the ball, not the only person to touch the ball. Right. I, I, I like that. Like, like that, that, that to me is, is key, but it's like, you want him with the same numbers with a lower usage rate, right? Yeah, yeah, right. But I don't right. need I don't need him to be Russell Westbrook dribbling the air out of the ball, right? You need him yeah. to be able to combine and to you know just be a finisher. Yeah, well, and I, I mean to be fair, like that wasn't all that wasn't ever Vela's way, right? Vela could get the ball just about anywhere, get himself to the spot that he needed to to shoot. And he was fine shooting from distance. He was fine creating space outside the box. But Wonga wants to be in closer, right? I think that's where he gets himself in trouble. He'll eat the 30 yards from midfield to the 18. Perfectly fine. And then it's going at the last two defenders that he typically turns that ball over. Um, So I think, again, if he gets it early, and like you said, gives it up in the middle third, and then gets it back in the final third. That's what you want from him. Yeah. yeah let let so. his movement off the ball get past those last two defenders, and then yeah, yeah, and then finish right as opposed to having to go through it. Like I make yeah, it's almost like he's he wants to make it harder himself. I don't know. Yeah, I another, I mean another thing today is like he ends up with another assist, right? Because he lays it off to Tillman, Tillman with a good finish, and um, so uh, hopefully, man. The sign, like the signs of life, are there. I think that's it, right? There's like, if they were, uh, if they were on an EKG, like they flatlined for four games, yeah. And so now you're starting to see a, a few blips on that, <laughs> on that machine. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it sticks, right? Yeah, we'll see. Anyway. Remains to be said. I mean, like obviously, like does if it if it if this season mirrors at all anything like last season. I'm happy with it, right? Because the outcome yeah. is, is absolutely is, is wonderful. Absolutely. So I think we pointed that out a while ago, right? It, <laughs> and, it, and to be fair, be I'm pretty case. sure everyone in the club would 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 what like would readily accept all the criticism for a four game, a bad four game stretch, for the at the price of winning another championship. So, yeah, I guess I guess my my only. Uh, disagreement there would be i don't know that you have to lose those four games in order to figure it out <laughs> i don't know you I, might, do. like, I don't know sometimes as you know like i said sometimes as coaches you don't there's there's a time where you don't learn very much from 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 win like from from like wins that don't that don't tell you much yeah like, yeah i don't i mean that's probably the worst way to put it up but it's like you know, there's certain games where you you need you need to see fight, and sometimes it's like you don't yeah. you don't when you don't get enough adversity, you're not battle tested enough for the game that's really going to test you, right? Which is the playoffs, a lot of times. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes, like I said, like you take you take yeah. a regular season loss, right? This is kind of where the mentality, the American mentality, kind of comes in, where it's like you take an ugly regular season loss so that the guys get a little less you know, full of themselves. So they understand that they need to be sharp. They need to be ready. They need to be better in, in training. You know, maybe this is a youth in high school sports thing that, you know, you and I have encountered less so much professional thing because right, they're getting paid so they technically should be turned on all the time. Yeah. But are you getting, are you getting at the coaching aphorism that sometimes you win, sometimes you learn? Is that, is yeah, that where you're headed? With exactly. This? Yeah. Okay. 
I, yeah, it, it could be. And I know JT had some comments about like that he was excited to see them in regular training and on a regular schedule. Maybe that's really all that it was. Hopefully that's all that it was and they move on and everything's just lovely from here on out. Uh, remains to be seen is the only thing. All right, you ready for some questions? Let's do it. Okay, shoulder to shoulder. Team plays through Ilya and we dismantle teams in back-to-back games. It's almost like Dolo's listening to the show. <laughs> Steve, I mean, it's an open invitation to come on the show if you're listening. Just DM us. I mean, again, like Ilya is a regista through and through, right? And so to not use him in that yeah. role, obviously, like yes. Kellen, is, Kellen is great at what he does, right? But Ilya is, again, is, is a is, – and, and for to be fair – Atuesta was good at what he did, but neither of them are Ilya, right? In the smoothness yeah, at which yeah. they can transition, transition the field, and so it is. It is something like I said. It is nice to. And I tweeted out right. It's like it's nice to just see him in a position to cook, to cook again because again, yeah. when when he's able to, it it makes things happen. Let him do what he's good at. That's why you signed him because he was good at things. So please let Not him do those things. Back. Yeah. Right. Right. Good job, Peter Vermees. Okay, Lionel Hutz. Uh, this is in response to our question, uh, is LAFC all the way back? Not not all the way back, but looking good. Really think Palacios pushing up the field is the key to improving the offense. I'm worried about not having some home field advantage over Seattle and their terrible turf. Um, I forgot. We talked a lot about turf, and we left out Seattle. Again, why Cascadia? has turf on all three fields. It's beyond me. Uh, just absurd. Yeah, I mean, but with the I, amount of water they get up there, you would think it would be easy. It's far easier yeah. to manage than like yeah. having to divert you know, drinking water from 90% of the population like we do here in Southern California. Yeah, or like I, the the Arizona Cardinals have figured it out, right? Yeah. they Now, there's, there's plenty of conversations about whether or not that's a good use of water for this absurd city in the desert, but <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's not withstanding the, what is it? I just heard about these, some kind of like internationally owned farms that were like bribing politicians to get water or something crazy in Arizona. Yeah. So, uh, the farmland in, in Arizona is, is the real big problem, especially like there are farms in like metropolitan Phoenix, uh, like cattle farms and then a bunch of alfalfa for the cattle. So I, it's, it's wild. It's, it's uh, kind of dumb, but I don't know. That's why I live in Flagstaff. Um, so I, I do agree with Lionel here that uh, they're not all the way back. You can't say they're all the way back yet. Palacios being pushed up. We kind of already talked about that, what they're doing to get him up further up the field. Um, and he really is. He's, he's an extra thing that he's an extra person that they have to account for on that left side. Um, and on Wednesday, Boanga was on the right and today he was back on the left and both times it was effective. So, um, I'm, I'm good with it. I think Palacio, you have to use Palacio similar to what we said about Ilya. You got to use what he's good at right now. He's a great defender and he's a great passer, but he's also a great attacker. Yeah. I mean, and shout out to Chiki Palacios who is leading the league in tackles, which I was a stat line. I was Isn't not he? expecting. Wow. Yeah. Um, cause he got nominated for MLS defender of the year. And so I think when they looked at the, uh, the um, I think it was Max and Dunseth, right? They were on the call today. Um, yeah. What's it called? They said that he's like, oh, it's like 135 tackles or something crazy like that. Man. 
I mean, I, I would say that he definitely merits consideration. Um, I, if he won it, I would be ecstatic. I think he probably deserves it. I don't even know who else is nominated. I don't know. Aaron Long, come on. Aaron Long's on there? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. But he, I mean, he's kind of always there. I was about to lose it. (laughs) When is Aaron Long not nominated in, what's it called? But again, the the sad thing about, again, again, this is, this is nothing, like, let's get off Aaron Long here because he didn't, you know, he didn't factor into this game and whatnot and has been fairly decent. But if you're going to have these regular season awards, don't, don't disrespect the award by nominating Lionel Messi to the MVP after playing two games. Yeah, right? no, that's Jordi fair. Alba, that's I think fair. Jordi Alba yeah. also is, was listed as part of it too. I'm just like, yeah, uh, I think like it just cheapens it. I think it was Michele Giannone that said, he tweeted out that uh, if you vote for Messi for this award, you should be stripped of your privilege to vote. I think maybe that was him. Jeez. I can't remember. I mean, um, not wrong. Yeah, did did Kai Wagner win defensive defender of the year last year? Let me check here. I thought so. Um, because I it's I remember the conversation around him last year, uh, in Dembe and Danny Rosero. Oh no, that's for just for SKC. No, it was um, Glesnes. Jakob Glesnes. I think I remember hearing. On but state Kai media. Wagner was a was a finalist. So I think I remember hearing on state media that there has never been an outside back that's won Defender of the Year. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but it seems like they always go with a center back who scores goals. I think mm. is is like what happens. And you know, Jakob Glesnes is good for one or two screamers a year, so they're going to give it to to him. Yeah, which is dumb, but whatever. Um, okay, uh, next one, Tom Camilleri. LAFC have given away too many points to bad teams this year, so it was nice to see them thump two of them this week. And I wanted to make a joke about having Oliveira, uh, giving the Oliveira the 17 jersey, since, uh, but since he found the net, I won't. I believe that's a Brian Rodriguez shade, right? Uh, and one, uh, number one, one after falling behind, and two, one on the road. Is it progress? Um, the way that they responded to that Minnesota goal on Wednesday was great, and the way that they won on the road tonight in convincing fashion again against teams that are struggling. Uh, Adrian Heath was obviously fired after that game. I think the writing was on the wall there, and LFC drove the final nail in. And then, and to be fair, they should have probably put the nail in Josh Wolf's career coffin here as well. Again, we've talked about this so many times on the show. The fact that. One of those Jags, right? One of those American Jag managers is still there in Austin. Um, but uh, it, it it wouldn't surprise me to wake up tomorrow to see the news that Josh Wolf has been terminated. Um, we will see. I don't know. Claudio Rainey isn't there to protect him anymore. So we'll see what happens. Um, next one is also from Tom. Bit of a false narrative here with the coaches. So many people saying, oh, I think this is what Max said on the broadcast. So many people saying there's no pressure in MLS and coaches get a little more leeway. Well, there's the proof that there's, that that's not the case. Eight changes in 2023 and Wayne Rooney just said he's leaving. Um, yeah, I, this is this is good. Like they should, 
a lot of these guys that get shuffled around in MLS should be let go. They should have much shorter leashes. Um, now I realize that like Josh Wolf is is on his first gig, right? But um, I I don't like the fact that Bruce Arena was failing at New England for so long. Like I, I get that he won a supporter shield in the weird in the weird COVID year, but um, you know they just recycle the same guys over and over, and and doesn't typically work out very well. So I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. It's good that they, that there is some more pressure this year. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it, it's, it's conditional, right? It depends on what the result is. If the result is those guys just trade all, all of them trade places, then nothing good really right. came of it. Right. Right. If, if we see new blood being infused into it and you see opportunities and, and, and guys really make the most of it, then it's a whole different story. So we'll see. Yeah. I think it comes back. I, I honestly think it all comes down to MLS. MLS does not take risks, right? The league or the franchises, they do not take risks. They just don't. And so, you know, you'll get a Matias Almeida to San Jose, which is a risky move. And I think everybody realized how risky it was. And it was either going to pay off really well or it was going to fail spectacularly. And it was the latter, right? And I think the league just doesn't, is just not interested in that. So they look at a guy like Bruce Arena and they're like, well, he's won here before. He's going to give us, you know, decent, uh, he's going to make some good signings. He's going to give us a decent amount of wins and a decent finish. We may win a trophy here or there. So they're like, yeah, that's fine. That's the sum of their ambition though. Yeah, that's fine. So mm -hmm. anyway, um, I don't, but I, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to think of like a counterfactual here where a guy is in danger, but not going to get fired or should get fired. I guess Josh Wolf is, is the best, is the best case, right? Where a really bad year and bad years before that you had one good year where you ended up getting edged out by, by LAFC, right? But and no one so, can say that they actually improved, right? That's the thing. It's like... No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Like, like they so, played well last year, but then did they actually get better year over year? And that's, that's a question, right? It's actually a question for... I, I do wonder if it's a question for the league as a whole, right? Because it does seem like the, the life cycle for most of these teams is about two and a half years before they have to, you know, re... re yeah. Trend, you know, rebuild. Um, right. Because even the Seattle's, yeah, Seattle will hang, you know, like they didn't even make the playoff last year, but they're kind of yeah. back into the, into the mix again. But but Schmetcher know. is one that, like, I would look at and be like, well, that's a guy that's held it together for a while. I don't think he's anything special, but I think he's a guy that, like, let's say at the end of this year, it'll never happen because he's been, he's been with that organization for like four years now, right? But let's say at the end of the year, they were like, we're done. I'm sorry, Brian, we're going to move in a different direction. That's a guy that you should go out and grab yeah. if you're a different MLS franchise, right? Because he's demonstrated year after year after year after year that he's going to, that he's going to win things and he's going to perform. And, you know, one CCL, uh, again, a lot of that is Garth Lagerway, right? <laughs> Who's now in yeah, Atlanta, but mm -hmm. um, he, like, he's been there. And so he's worth going after um anyway, there's a couple I, of those guys right it's probably him 
Hearn, right, is the other one, right, that has like that. Long... I think because he's done so much more with less. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if Jim Curtin was done in Philly at the end of the year and another MLS franchise wanted to grab him, I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's good. Makes sense. Like if the, if the Galaxy went out and got Jim Curtin, I'd be like, all right, boys. Yeah. <laughs> you, you better figure this out, right? Because they're coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Another one would be um, the guy in Orlando. Uh, Pareja. Yes, because Pareja yeah. for for Orlando and then with Dallas with Dallas before that, correct? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like you know, like I said, he's he's proven to be a you know a, a solid you know like I said one of those MLS coaches that you know yeah, will yeah. will always will always have a job in the league no matter what you know right whatever. The Would you is. go after Peter Vermees? Peter Vermees falls in that category of like an arena to me where they're the successful coaches that yeah. whose time feels like it's up. Yep. Right. More yep. than anything else. Um, right. It doesn't, I'm not, you know, it doesn't mean that he wasn't a good coach at a, at, at one point, but it does feel like it's, it's, it, things have passed him up a little bit, right. In terms of yep. just the, I think the, the, the phase of MLS two, right. is probably what that is. Even Vanny to a certain degree, like, I think the Galaxy make Vanny look worse than he really is as a coach. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think Vanny has some good stuff. I think he did good things in Toronto. I, I don't I don't think he I don't think he helps the Galaxy like the Galaxy's cause by trying to play him the way that he does. Right, we're not the first to say this, uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But I mean, but that's the thing, right? It, it's, it's like I said, it's like it the the styles don't match, right? Like yeah. if you were to put put Vanny with a, you know, with you like replace Vanny with or turn low with Vanny. How do you think Vanny fares? I don't know. I, I really don't. I feel like, I feel like Turundolo's pulled so many of the correct strings with, with LAFC. Um, now we've been critical of him in the attack, you know, but like, um, I don't know. I do. I think, LAFC is capable of playing the way that Vanny pretends the Galaxy play. Yes, I do. I absolutely do, and I think they'd be good at it. But um, I don't know. I think Vanny trying to play that way when really the only person on his team that is capable of doing so is Ricky Pooch. It's like <laughs> there's there's something uh, there's something that bugs me about that level of romanticism about the way. I mean, that that was Bob, plays. I guess, to a certain degree too, right? Like. Yeah. Like Bob yeah. thinking that Mark Anthony Kay was going to be that guy. I mean, Mark Anthony Kay was that guy for a little bit when they were like just high pressing the crap out of the league, right? Yeah. But yeah. For, so it was for half a season. Yeah, right, right. right. But the yeah, second... you, you are right that I guess that's the year that he got injured, huh? No, it was the year after. He got hurt that first year. Okay. Okay. 2019 is when he, he got hurt. And then the second year is. Or, 18 and then 19 is when he came back. Um, okay. And, you know, he was at, they, they, they looked incredible in the press, but the second half yeah. is just where team, like it, they play, they come up against the galaxy and you would, Perry kitchen would just stand there and yeah, Kay would right, just kick right. the ball at him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Trying to thread a through ball from midfield or something like that, you know? So it was like, it's like, okay, like as a, as a presser, him and Latif, who was, who was better. Right. Yeah. But you needed, but again, some of these teams are really going to bunker in that second, right? You needed someone like a Lee Wynn that could unlock, right? And 
Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think we used to refer to them as like the uh, the Golden State Warriors. What was that? The lineup of death that they had with the five the five smalls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they t- they put like it would be uh, Draymond at center. Draymond it would be the it would be the center, right? Mm-hmm. What did they call it? Was it the murder the murder lineup or something? I like don't that? remember, but I know what you're talking about. And so I, that's kind of how I look at that at that midfield, right? Where it was just like murder ball, like Latif and, and Mark Anthony K were just going to be an absolute nightmare until they just funnel you into the middle in the press and just destroy you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, we're thanks for the, thanks for the questions. (laughs) We obviously found them engaging because now we're talking about Mark Anthony K and Latif Plessing. Uh, We, we, we ran way off with that one. Rob Rains, Keeling, you talk too much trash to Zardes. I mean, can you really talk enough? Is it? Is there ever? Can there ever be enough trash talk to it? Um, and again, I, I, I feel bad for Zardes because I, I feel like a lot of the hate he gets is just, it's, it's the same thing as Aaron Long, right? It's, it's basically because state media has annoyed you so much talking about them that you hyped him. Yep. Yeah, like you, you, you can't help but not root against them in a weird way, right? But yeah. Again, seems like a nice guy. There are so many things for me, and this has been like all the way back to like the 2014 World Cup cycle. So many different things that I absolutely love about Zardes, like the story about his hair, so his grandma could watch him on TV. Like, I'm sorry, but that's kind of adorable. And it's like, how can you hate this man, right? And he scores weird goals, and he has a bad first touch, and he's not the greatest, uh, but. He somehow scored like year after year will produce. I think he's I think he's done now, right? But like you know, he had a couple of years with Columbus where he was scoring all kinds of goals when he was with the Galaxy. He was like a right back, yeah. And like Jurgen Klinsmann plucked him out and was like, no, 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 we're gonna play him some different spots here. <laughs> uh, and kind of like had a renaissance in his career. So I do I think Keelini talked too much trash. No, Zardes really did take him out because the way that Keelini chopped that ball back. Um, but then Keelini had to eat it on the on the own goal where Zarda just comes right through his back. Uh, if there's one man who doesn't care about that goal or that sequence, it's Giorgio Keelini. Like that guy does not care about what happened in Austin, Texas on October 7th tonight. Like it's just a, it it doesn't doesn't even compute. So all right, Luis. I'll take nine goals in two games, but with a grain of salt playing the two worst teams in the West, it helps and inflates those stats. I mean, I we forgot about Colorado, on. but yeah, yeah, right. Uh, again, it's good. Sometimes you need games against kind of gimme teams to try a few things, try a few new things, right, where you're not just in an absolute knife fight and you can control and do what you want and get that going, and then you can take a step up and do it against somebody and to else. be fair i think austin provides you with a little bit more of a look than other bad teams because austin yeah. is will come at you right again they may they may leave themselves exposed or whatever but they they are their style play is similar to what you would expect from the top half and the bottom half right yeah they're they're also pretending to play uh four through three positional play like all the other jag american coaches right Mm-hmm. <laughs> too much uh okay al hampton the last two games boanga looked to uh give assists and also scored i think this will open him up for even more goals 
small sample size, but I hope this continues. Yeah, I mean, again, like you, it's it gives you a little bit, right? And you hope that they continue to build on it, but obviously we will reserve judgment until we see more. Yeah, and you want to see it consistent. Uh, Jesse, question for the hosts: What changed late in the match to let Austin back in the game? My notes: I'm enjoying uh, seeing Tillman make use of his playmaking abilities. Kike. With the poacher's goal, finishing has improved, or Daz doesn't look quite ready yet, and Bawanga is unplayable. Uh, regarding your question, Jesse, I think it's kind of two goals where they're just not all that interested in the intensity at the end of the game, right? There's one, and they're, they're kind of both on Chiellini. Chiellini uh, doesn't have whoever scored the goal, marked very tight, Um He's kind. Of, it's kind of that same thing, right? Where he's off of the shoulder of Mario, and Chiellini rotates over late, similar to that Chicho goal that we talked about. And then Chiellini gets caught with a with an own goal, like just happens. Um, but I, I, I don't really know that they did anything to let them back in the game. The game was gone, right? Yeah. So I and think I think that's what and it is. Chiellini is not a guy. You know, again, I'm, I, if there's a guy that you that you're happy that it happened to, it's probably him. Right, because yeah, yeah. he's not a guy that's going to be moved either way in that situation. Yeah. Versus, like you know, say it happens to a younger player, even in in that game state, you get frustrated, you get down on yourself, whatever. Gilini, it's not you know, it's an, just another day. Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna phase him at all. Uh, what's the phrase? Water off a duck's back, right? <laughs> it's just like it doesn't even. It's not gonna stick. He'll be fine the next time he goes out there. Um. At Yo-Yo Torre 66, Sanchez with back-to-back killer performances. Horrible to watch the last 20 minutes. Just ugly football. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Again, the game is gone. They're making subs. They're rotating, saving legs, right? Um, but Ilya just dealing, right? Just do what he's good at. Use him. You're paying him money, so pay him money to do the job he's good at. <laughs> Not something else. Don't, don't just lob balls over the top of him. But, nah, whatever. Anything to add on that? No. It's one of those games. Yeah. Well, Seattle All right. just lost, by the way. Oh, so, so Vancouver. That, so it's a very interesting game on Saturday. Yes. Because now Vancouver's on 50 points, right? As is Seattle. Uh, yes. So a win so, a win seals it. I mean, it gives you an opportunity to seal, seal a win, regardless. Yeah. So... I, I mean, you have to go for it. Yeah. Or sorry, zero zero. They didn't lose full time. Oh, so they tied. So Vancouver, if Vancouver wins, they're tied with you. I don't know who has a Vancouver. No, they're on forty eight points now. They're on forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go to fifty one. And we're on fifty one. Yeah. And Seattle is on fifty one. Fifty one. So Ben. Vancouver, Seattle, us and Seattle are all on 51 heading into decision day. So, so you got to win. Yeah. Yeah. You win, you're good. Yeah. I, I don't know. What's the first tiebreaker if Seattle wins too? Goal differential uh, probably. Yeah. I would assume so. Okay. Or if on 15, they're on seven. Okay. So you're safe there, but you got to win. In a place you've never won before. <laughs> I mean, it's like at least it, you always want it to be. You have it in your, it's in your hands, right? So that's yeah, yeah. 
I guess we'll find out. Okay. Ah, uh, oh, this is a cool one. This is Pablo from Dolly Black and Gold. Uh, if we get a third game like this, you can't call it a, you can't call it Doctor Jekyll anymore. Uh, referring to my propensity to call them Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde this year. Uh, basically, LAFC playing the way we all know they can play. Hopefully, for the rest of the season at the right moment. Hopefully, we can play like this against top teams in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and I agree. This is the Seattle model, right? Make runs into CCL, suck in the in the regular season, put it all together just in time, go back to MLS Cup. Right? They did that for like five years straight. Um, so I, I do think I do think Pablo's right. If they come out and they smash Vancouver, I, I mean, like score four goals again and and dominant win, then yeah, it's not it's not just Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde anymore, like. They've got the demons under control, if that's the case. Yeah. And you go into the playoffs thinking, all right, they're they're back to being unbeatable. But, uh, I, I, man, I'm, I am excited for next Saturday now. I do wonder who feels like they need it more. Or who's going to enter that game feeling like they, they need to win more. Because if, if, if Vancouver feels like they need to come out on the front foot, it bodes well for LAFC. I think I think LAFC comes in with more pressure. Vancouver's going to feel like they need to win, but I think LAFC is the one with more to prove still. Um, not having won there, being the the defending champs, right? Wanting to prove to everybody that like this is real. What's happened in the last two games? Vancouver is just out there. Having the time of their lives, they like play they, with house money. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, and they got Swaggy T. Shout out, friend of the show. Yep. Uh, did I tell you I saw like an a paid advertisement the other day with, with Tristan Blackman getting a haircut? Interesting. It was like, a, it was like I, don't, I. It's like it's like one of those moments where social media is like trying to get you right. Uh, and I guess they know that I'm like a 37 year old man, and so they're they're showing me hair, they're feeding me haircut videos about how to hide receding hair, which I don't have. My hairline's great, but it was Tristan Blackman getting this haircut. I was like, do they know? <laughs> how well do they know me? They're like they're feeding me swaggy teeth. Like, yeah. do they listen to the show? What's wrong with the, what's going on right now? Uh, it was just weird. It's so scary that you use your iPhone. It's listening to you. It's uh, I swear, if if Tristan Blackman scores. A set piece goal against LAFC. Find- Josh's house is like is like straight up haunted. <laughs> it's, yeah. There's so much it's, stuff it, going on. It's actually <laughs> listening. So what happens when you go into a, the other side of the world? Yeah. Okay. Last one, Darmalia. I traveled to Austin to watch the game. Austin crowd are cool and friendly. Nice stadium, but the crowd could not match our small crew of three rows of LAFC fans. We were louder and more passionate than them. Austin is a great city, though. Um, shout out to the thirty-two fifty-two for always bringing it. Right, I think, I think many people who don't go to the stadium or might be more casual viewers of LAFC uh, probably take the thirty-two fifty-two for granted and uh, just the incredible atmosphere that's actually there every single game. Doesn't matter. The rest of the stadium could be half full. The thirty-two fifty-two is going to be rocking. Um, so especially in just comparison awesome. to the rest of the league too. So yeah, like they, yeah, they are the absolutely. benchmark. They are the standard. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
Okay, well, we did it. Uh, again, sorry for missing midweek. Um, my hospital schedule is just bananas right now. Josh is in the Philippines living in a haunted house. So it's all, it's all crazy. Um, we're going to do our best to stay consistent through the playoffs. I'm sure I'm sure most of those are weekend games, so it should be manageable. Um, but that's all we got for tonight. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey. And Josh, I'll see Josh on X. Uh, if you're if you're looking for more content, I did just do an interview on Scuffed about uh, grassroots soccer and how to train like younger players and how to set up kind of like a, a grassroots recreational type of league and help train coaches. So, if you're interested, you can go give that a listen um, and let me know what you think. Other than that, good night.